Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, and 88 right across Australia. Positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. What an interesting show we have coming up today. We do. You know why I know it's interesting? How? How do you know? Because I've already done it. <laughs> it's true. This is the delayed broadcaster. That's right. We tell you this every morning, don't we? We do, rather. We tell them every single time. I really wonder if any of them have flicked over to the live show because of this. I wonder whether anyone's still listening to the delayed broadcast. I wonder. Well, dear listener, if you are listening to the delayed broadcast, you can join, join us the crowd live. who have flicked over to the live show. That's that's it. It's very easy to do. How can they do it, Lyle? Uh, simply jump online, faithfm.com.au and press the button that says listen. Yeah, listen live stream, just press play. Or you can actually download the TuneIn app, which is totally free to download. And then you just search for Faith FM Australia. I think TuneIn should pay us. We do a promo for them every I know, day. Every morning we do a little little plug for them. And, and, but we probably just sort of, we tell people to get the free one rather than the one they want you to yeah, pay for. One, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the subscription-based one. Yeah, just get the free one. It works just as well. And you can listen to us live. And how come live is so much better, Lyle? Well, you can you can participate in all of the quizzes and the prizes and the questions and you can call in and you can have your comment and you can have your say and you can interact with everything that we're talking about and the, the, the live show is just amazing. It is. It's, it's so much better. So much more free stuff for you as well. That's right. Well, what do we have coming up in the show today? Okay, so today we've got a fascinating story about Boko Haram, which is uh, both a good story with a terrifying twist to it. Yeah, rather sad twist. When you, underst- when you understand what is behind what is going on in Nigeria there. Yeah, but slice of good news coming out of that. And then we yeah. also have uh, a quite terrifying story about Facebook. And Big Brother and China. Mm, very interesting stuff from there. And then we have a guest interview with Tim LaPosa and his gym down in uh, Geelong. Yes. And then we also have uh, Family Matters. We're going to talk matters. about the two covenants, Family oh, Matters yeah, the two and... Covenants. It's going to be a great show. Stick around. Stay tuned. Before we get there, what are we listening to? We are listening to Jordan Lavick, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's a light for a look at the Savior. And life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strange In the light of His glory and grace Through death into life everlasting He passed and we followed there
church and I feel you, he promised Believe him and all will be well Then go to a world that is dying His perfect salvation to tell and Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look for in his wonderful Jaden Levick, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Did you call him Jordan? My bad. I need glasses. From across here, the screen, it looked like I said Jordan. I'm sorry, Jaden, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it right next time. What have we got for our quiz? <laughs> okay, so today's quiz is a who am I quiz. Mm-hmm. The first clue is this. I am the son of Haran, Abraham's brother. Okay. You know who it is, don't you? Yep, I, got I can it. see that moment on your face when the penny drops and you know the answer, and it infuriates me because <laughs> that happens so fast. No, oh. it takes me a minute to get there. I'm not the quickest. You know, when I when I play Bible trivia with my son, mm-hmm. we're about equal. I probably know a little bit more about the the Bible than he does. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my oldest son who's studying theology, mm-hmm. and so I know more answers, but he's quicker. Do you know what we His brain get- is younger and sharper and he gets them before I do. It's like, bang, it's like, ah, I was about to get it. <laughs> we need to get your son on the show then and see if he can stump you. I really want to see someone stump you. Ooh. If you think you know the answer to our Ooh. quiz today, the son of Haran, Abraham's brother, or if you think you could stump Lyle with a question of your own, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, or you can text us 0491-064-669 or even just message us on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia. And the winner will receive a prize. Well, there you go. Prize coming your way if you know the answer to this question. So give us a call. Now, we've got stories today. We have uh, a good story coming out of Nigeria. Of all places, you would not think that a good story would come out of Nigeria. But there is, uh, for once, a good news coming out of uh, Nigeria. So uh, do you remember a few years ago they had the Bring Our Girls Back campaign back in 2014? Yes. When 300 schoolgirls got kidnapped. Mm -hmm. And that was massive, like celebrities everywhere. Even Michelle Obama was getting into it. Yeah, so terrorists group Boko Haram, they did a repeat of their horrific actions last month where 110 schoolgirls got kidnapped. It's not the greatest uh, publicity stunt, is it? Yeah, seriously not. So 110 schoolgirls last month got kidnapped um, in Dapchi, a town called Dapchi, and uh, and they were returned. So yeah, good most news, of good them. Yeah, good news there. Most of them, the all, except for, of them. all except for one who refused to convert to Islam. Is that, hang on, is that there how was, they got there free? Was one, there was one girl who refused to convert to Islam and so she's been held captive. There was five that um, died in captivity. Oh. Um, and, uh, of course, the, uh, you know, the, the whole purpose behind this is if, you can, if they convert to Islam, then if they reconvert back to Christianity, they become an apostate rather than an infidel. And an apostate under Boko Haram automatically comes under the death penalty, whereas an infidel is not automatically under the death penalty. What? So that means they can kill them? Yes. 
That's disgusting. Yeah, it's terrible. Boko Haram is uh, is probably um, that one organization in our world that we look at as being a um, a bunch of cowardly pedophiles. Yeah. Who attack school girls. Who I would not cry a single tear over if they were wiped out. Well, you know, we'll leave that in God's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the natural human reaction, but we do have to remember that every single one of them is a soul who can be saved for the kingdom and they're people that we need to pray for. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But it's very hard to take that attitude towards, you know, this level of cowardice. You know, a, a terrorist group that is mostly known for attacking schoolgirls, seriously? Mm. And you know what? You know why they why they attack these schoolgirls other than to convert them to Islam? Why? The word Boko Haram simply means Western education is a sin. Are you serious? That's what it means. And of course, with their version of Islam, and of course this is not real Islam, but in their version of Islam, it's even worse when a girl is educated. And so the message that they gave when they handed these girls back over is don't send them back to school. Girls cannot be educated. If you send them back to school, we will continue to take them. And, of course, the other difficulty is that you have a society that is um, you know, not just a bunch of pedophiles but also um, is polygamist, and so there is a tremendous lack of women. You have very few men who can be married because those who are high enough up, up, up the food chain are you know, soaking up all of the available women and if you're not high on the food chain then your only option to be with a woman is to go and capture one. Oh my goodness that's just so I'm I'm quite outraged it's really by this. really horrific it is truly truly horrific and it is a it's a dreadful perversion of Islam and a you know gross misinterpretation of you know anything you'll find in the Quran. Oh, it's disgusting. And so it's so I've got some good friends who are Muslims and, and, and I've sat down and talked to them about this kind of thing and they're just as horrified as what we are. Mm. It's, 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 uh, it's strange that yesterday we were talking about happiness and one of the ways you can create higher happiness in a community was actually by educating specifically girls how to read because yeah, when girls right. were educated, it elevated the entire community. So this is a good news story that has a little bit of a, a very a serious twist. twist to it. Yeah, very, a very serious. serious twist. It requires yeah. a lot of prayer from, from um, people as lucky is us to live in a beautiful country like Australia. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about this story coming out of uh, Facebook uh, um, with Cambridge Analytica. Yes. So this is a very interesting story, particularly for the time in which we live and for some of the prophecies of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Cambridge Analytica have been involved in um, data mining from Facebook. And Facebook has become the greatest information gathering tool ever known amongst mankind since the invention of the confessional box. <laughs> and... This is no great secret because it's a, uh, you know, the, the non-secret business model of Facebook is that they are selling your data. Okay. So we need to consider what kind of data they're able, actually able to get and the influence that they're able to have on our world globally. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about you know, influencing the United States elections, but they can influence any elections on the planet. So they've become incredibly powerful. And so here's some of the information that uh, Facebook can collect on you just in case you are um, unaware of it. They know your name, your city of birth, city of residence, phone, email, current employment, previous employment, relationship, anniversary, previous relationships, previous names, and aliases, screen names, address book, family members, birthday, religious views, address, website, email address, sexual preference, gender, language, spoken, political views, friends, books you've read, etc. And we can go on through the list. If you start to think about that, that's what they know about you. But then they also know about everything that you click on 
and everybody that you associate with. Okay, so they know the bands you like, the movies you've seen, the TV shows you watch, the video games you play, the food you eat, your favourite athletes, restaurants you've eaten at, activities you participate in, websites you visit, sports teams you support, your favourite sports, inspirational people, favourite clothing brands, places you've visited, events you've attended, events you plan on attending, events your friends are attending, major life events, location, dates, who with, photos, pokes, wall posts, private, haha, yeah right, messages, uh, groups you've joined and networks you are a part of. Lyle, I feel like Facebook knows more about us than we do. Yes. Who remembers all that? It knows more about you than you do. Well, not me specifically because I don't have Facebook, but it knows more about you than you do. here, here, while you're sitting there with a big smug smile (laughs) on your face, Facebook knows all about you because all of your friends are on Facebook and it collects all the information on you as an on-Facebook user through their clicks. You can't avoid this. (laughs) It's impossible. You okay. can't avoid it. I'm going to start a campaign to get all my friends off Facebook. Okay, so there's uh, videos you've watched, comments you've liked, websites you've visited, articles and websites you've commented on, surveys you've filled out, companies you like, people you've tagged, you've been tagged with, people you are fre- frequently hang out with, like you, friends you've requested, friends you've denied, friends you've unfriended, how often you are online, apps, um, um, pages that you have um, created, your current mood, uh, the device you a- use to access the internet from, your exact geolocation, longitude, altitude, latitude, time, date stamp, film, con- TV, film, concert you are currently watching, uh, book or publication you are currently reading, audio you are currently listening to, drink you are currently drinking, food you are currently eating, activities you participate in, advertising you interact with, profiles you interact with, the most locations you access facebook locations uh um locations you access web properties connected to facebook level of online engagement when you change jobs how long you stayed in the job credit card details ip address apps you've downloaded games you've played pages and businesses you've unliked and when and we could go on and on and on and all of this information is available to be data mined on you. So, as you said, they know more about you than you do. I'm beginning to understand why Facebook is so powerful. Yes. That's that's a lot of power in information. This is the greatest consumer survey ever conducted, and it's conducted globally. Yeah, because wasn't it a British company that, that purchased that data, but they're being accused of using it to sway the American election? But this is part of Facebook's business model. This is what it's all about. Okay, so I'm going to read a prophecy in the mm-hmm, Bible, and then on. I'm going to continue this story because actually I'm going to hold this, I'm going to hold that prophecy Do for just a moment break? because we've got a song break. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to continue this story. It gets way deeper than this. Oh no, are you serious? Yeah. Well, let's listen to Anna Weatherup. Be thou my vision. Oh, I love Anna Weatherup. I'm so glad we play her on our station. Thou my wisdom, thou my true word. 
Be Thou My Vision here on Faith FM. And we were talking about the Facebook scandal and how much information Facebook is actually able to mine. Do you reckon Facebook knows the answer to our quiz? I'm sure it does. <laughs> I'm absolutely sure that you could find the answer to our quiz on Facebook, you know, by, by data mining in Facebook. Well, let me, let me give you another clue. So the first clue for this who am I question was I am the son of Haran, Abraham's brother. And the second clue is my two daughters and I escaped God's judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. If you think you know the answer to that, 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669 and you can get the prize today. We'll send it to you free of charge. Lyle, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about, you know, how powerful Facebook is because they have all this really personal data about, you know, yeah. a huge amount of people. Mm-hmm. I feel like most of the world's population is on Facebook. Do you reckon this is why Mark Zuckerberg seems to be quite hated by other powerful entities like governments? Like I always feel like they've got it, got it in for him. Yes, basically. well, demo- democratic governments would certainly um, be worried because he can influence. Uh, he has so much yeah. influence over elections. I feel like in you know with one app, he's basically managed to get more information than like the CIA ever could. Like he's oh yeah, he's oh, infinitely more. He's privatized espionage kind yeah. of thing and, and made it for sale. That's part of his business model. It's not a secret. This is this is no great secret. Is that this information is available to buy? Okay. You're going to tell me about prophecy that relates to Facebook? Okay, so there's a prophecy in the Bible that says, you know, at the end of time that uh, you know, you've got these two beasts that work in coalition, these two political entities that work in coalition. He had power to give life to the image of the beast, that he would force, that, that, sorry, that the image of the beast would both speak and force that as many as would not worship the image of the beast would be killed. And he causes all, small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no one would be able to buy or sell except he that had the mark or the name or the number of the beast. Now, this, of course, is a prophecy that is global. Mm-hmm. It's a global prophecy in relationship to uh, the mark of the beast, which divides people along religious lines. And people of one religious persuasion are allowed to buy and sell, and those who are dissenters from that are not able to buy and sell. Okay. For the very first time in the history of our world, this is actually becoming feasible. How? Well, you think about it. Imagine the ability of big government to find out people or to find people of a certain religious belief globally Mm -hmm. just through Facebook. And remember, you don't have to be on Facebook because you have friends that are on Facebook and they comment about you, they talk about you, and you just, you know, you just simply link all the, doc, 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 all the dots together, which is done digitally and automatically, and it prints out, yes, Monica Glash, and gives all of your details right there. I mean, when, before when you were saying that Facebook knows about me, even though I personally am not on Facebook, I was like, but you can't tag someone on Facebook in a photo if they're not on Facebook. So even if there was a photo of me, like let's say there's a group of, of my friends, including me, in a picture, standing outside the front of church, mm-hmm. they couldn't actually tag me, but I guess Facebook could put together like a facial oh, recognition. If, if, and that's right. The, the moment that you are mentioned on Facebook, like your friends mentions their friend Monica Glash. 
Mm. Because you've been mentioned many times on Facebook. I have, yeah. And they simply link the dots together and suddenly they have a whole profile on Monica Galash. Okay, this is an interesting world that we live in. So I'm going to take this a little bit further now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to move away from Facebook to China just to, to consider the world in which we live in because what I'm more. saying is this. This prophecy about the mark of the beast for the very first time is actually feasible. It has never been feasible in our world until recent times. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in uh, Shenzhen in southern China, they have um, introduced a system of dealing with jaywalking. Jaywalking? Not such a big thing, right? Yeah, Okay, and toilet paper theft. Toilet paper theft? Yes. Okay, but mostly with jaywalking, here's, what, here's how it works. They have this system, whereas if you jaywalk, what happens is that there is an alarm that sounds in the, in the post, you know, beside the uh, intersection there, that sounds like a car hitting its brakes hard and the tires screeching on the road. Okay. Which automatically gives everybody a very startled look on their face. At the, mo- at the same moment they have a startled look on their face, it snaps their photo, it puts it up on a big screen, a big LCD screen, instant facial recognition then gives all of their personal d- data beside it. Are you serious? Their ID number and so forth. Just bang there on the screen. So there's a, there's a scary, there's a funny looking photo of you. This is called, you know, shaming. Uh-huh. And um, and it's to discourage jaywalking. They're using, um, well, they're not obviously um, taking photos of people stealing toilet paper, but they're using a similar system to deal with toilet paper theft. H- hang on a second. Okay, so now you want to know how this then links with... Uh, I'm just, I'm a little bit outraged. So just, let's say I, I, I jaywalk. Yes. I, the, the, the sound effects pretend that there's a car going to hit yes. me. I look petrified. It takes my picture. It puts it up on a huge screen in a public place yes. with all my details. Yes. And that's supposed to shame like me your into tax file number. not crossing the street. Because they have their uh, personal identity number. We have a tax file number. You know, I remember when Australia was going to have an ID card and everybody was up in arms. Yeah, so they just changed the name. They changed the name to tax file number. And everyone's fine. And it's like there's so little information <laughs> on your tax file number compared to Facebook. That's true. This is like And we voluntarily skill. put it on there. That's right. All your friends voluntarily pull it on there on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what this does then is it damages your score in a social credit system. What? Which is a person, which is a purpose, which purpose is to rate a person's trustworthiness Based on their actions. Wait, wait, wait. Is this a toilet paper one? This is the this is the Shenzhen um, toilet paper and jaywalking. Oh my! So goodness. what they're looking at is if you are um, the kind of person who would commit minor crime, mm-hmm. it then predicts whether you will commit major crime. Have you ever stolen toilet paper, Lyle? No. Okay, neither me. I've jaywalked plenty of times. Yeah, so, same. Unfortunately, I've actually been pulled over for jaywalking. <laughs> but um, so so if they steal toilet paper. Mm-hmm. If you it, steal toilet paper and you jaywalk... It affects the credit rating. The social credit standing, and they could be banned from using public transport. Oh, my days. So they're going to purify Chinese culture. By forcing it? Now, mm-hmm. this all reminds me of a movie that came out ooh, a long time ago, maybe 2002, 2004, something like that, um, called Minority Report. Okay. In which they had a system, a futuristic system, where there were many cameras, you know, all around the world, and they were able to do predictive policing based on gathering personal data. So if you gather enough personal data, the theory is you can predict whether this person will be a criminal or not. And then you can arrest them before the crime happens. 
Hey, that's bl- that's blurring lines in my opinion. Well, this is what the movie depicted, and it was you know, very much blurring lines. Mm-hmm. But predictive policing is now what they're actually aiming for in China with creating this social credit system. They predict whether you are a person of criminal, uh, you know, uh, persuasion or not. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, so in China you have 176 million of these cameras um, that are completely connected, always on, and fully controllable. And the next eight, 18 months, they're going to quadruple that number. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Um, the facial recognition technology must be just incredibly advanced. Yeah. Uh, they've also been rolling out in China um, police being issued with facial recognition technology sunglasses. So as you walk down the street, they can know exactly who you are, wherever you are, at any time. I'm a little bit scared. Do you have anything that can calm me down? Okay, so this is the world in which we live. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Okay? Mm -hmm. And what we need to recognise, if you just walk around Newcastle and do your shopping in Newcastle, you've already been seen. Just here in Newcastle, you've been seen by 50 cameras, just by going shopping in Newcastle. Wow. Okay? And that's, you know, obviously we don't have this kind of system here, but the technology is there. And it's available. For the very first time in the history of our world, we have the technology available to be able to enforce the mark of the beast globally. How do we avoid giving the mark of the beast? That's a really good question. And the answer, I'm glad you asked that question. Revelation chapter 13 has the answer. And if you go there to verse 8, it says, All that live on the earth shall worship the beast... Those whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Here's the very simple answer. Okay, so you get Christians who get all bent out of shape over the computer chip. That is technology from the 90s. Forget the computer chip. Mm. It is outdated. The issue is worship. And if you worship, if you follow the Lamb, the Bible says wherever he goes, if your name is in the Lamb's book of life, my name's there. Hope your name is there. And if you're a listener, I hope your name is there. If your name is in Lamb's Book of Life today, you will not get the mark of the beast. It's that simple. Amen. If you thought maybe the, the mark of the beast was something else, we'd love to hear from you. 1-800-FAITH-FM. You can have a chat with us about it. Yeah. 
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Australia and we have a special guest in today with us, Lyle. Mm. Well, he's called in actually because he's calling from quite a distance all the way in Geelong, Australia. Tim LaPosa, welcome. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> great, to have the, great to have you on the show, Tim. Now, Tim, I'm particularly excited about having you on the show today um, because you have a ministry with a bit of a twist. I've never actually heard of this before, and I'm all intrigued to find out everything about it. Now, you and your wife actually have a gym that you run as a ministry down in Geelong. Is that true? Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm just sort of wondering, how, do, how does that even work? How do you run a gym as a ministry? I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the I rest think, of the story. Yeah, I think this is really great because I think that people should be able to use, you know, whatever they have, wherever they have, just get started with some sort of a ministry, just reach people for God. Yeah. And if you have a gym, use a gym. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. that um, if you're a listener today and uh, you hear about this story and think about the business that you're involved in and maybe ask yourself the question, how can I turn it into a ministry? Um, but yeah, once, once Tim tells us how it's done. Yeah, actually, do you know what, Tim? Before we before we launch off into that, let's just backtrack a little bit. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, how you, did you grow up in a Christian home? Like, how how did you become to be uh, a follower of Christ? Okay, yeah, um, I did grow up in a in a, in a uh, Christian home. So my mum, she was she's a second generation Christian, uh, Seventh Adventist, mm-hmm. and my uh, my dad actually he well he grew up in a Catholic home. Mm-hmm. Um, not really a, I suppose he's a believer in God, but he's not really a practicing Christian as much as we'd love for him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a bit of a, yeah, growing up as a teenager, it was challenging um, because I had, on one side, I had my dad pulling me in one direction, wanted me to play sports and, and do other things. And then I had my mum who was pulling me in direction of God. And, uh, but she had a, she had a, a good passion for, for health. Mm-hmm. So, I suppose as a, as a child, as a teenager, I was educated a lot about, about health. And as I got to a bit of a later age, I suppose in my mid-20s, uh, after doing a lot of jobs that I didn't really want to do, I thought, thought okay, you know, what, what I really want to do in life. And I realized that I had a passion for a few different things. I had a passion for, for health. I had a passion for people and had a passion for God. So um, you know, I put some, some thinking about things and praying about things. Uh, I come to the conclusion that I wanted to start being a, a personal fitness trainer and, and using that as a, as a as a ministry and, and to be able to reach out to people like teaching people about health and uh, yeah I suppose being a, being a bit of a wedge to be able to um, yeah attend to people's needs and then speak to them more about God and I just and, that, and that's grown into into something a lot bigger now. Yeah, it's, it just you know it broke my heart a little bit to hear about how you know your parents were pulling you in different directions, and you would have had to start making those big choices at quite a young age. Um, you know, yeah. yeah. When do we? When do you first remember? Do you know thinking I, I have to choose God over um, over you know everything else that I want in life? Oh, I was probably even early, like at around the age of maybe nine, ten years old. Yeah, because. There was, uh, you know, we went to church on Saturdays, and uh, but a lot of the soccer matches were on Saturdays as well. Mm-hmm. So there would be weeks where I'd be, yeah, born into, do I go and play soccer or do I go to church this day? So it, it was backwards and forwards like that for a few years until I was old enough to really be able to make a stance and then, yeah, of what I really wanted to do, and that was to choose God. Oh, praise God. So... 
So you decided to become a personal trainer and get involved in health. Now, did you yep. did you just jump straight in the deep end and get a gym, or did you you know first start like a little business? I often see um, personal trainers on like yep. Gumtree and, and advertising their services. So how did you get started with that? Okay, so I didn't start a gym straight away. I um, I basically well. Before I was doing that, I was actually doing some telemarketing, selling gym memberships, funny enough. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> then, so from that, then I, yeah, I met, I met someone who was a personal trainer. I asked them what they were doing. So this basically, this was 10 years ago now. So it's pretty much when personal training just started to really come into the, in, into the industry, into the world. Mm. And so I asked this person, I said, so what is it that you do here at the gym? Because I was training at a different time and she explained that she was a personal fitness trainer. And I still thought I really liked the sounds of this. So I basically went and went and did a course, um, got qualified, and then basically started a, a business straight away. But what I was doing initially was just renting out, renting space out of other gyms. And so I had the ability to, to train clients from, from different gyms. But um, I suppose, you know, as I got older and as I started to, you know, to study more and everything as well, I realized that. The music that was being played in, in different gyms and everything wasn't really <clears throat> wasn't really ideal as well. So mm-hmm. I was being convicted that I shouldn't be shouldn't be training out of that those gyms. So I had a, a greater goal to to move into our own facility, but not just to offer personal fitness training, but to offer a range of different health services. So like nutrition, massage, um, counselling, all those kind of things. So it's been a couple of years now since we set up our own facility. Um, I now have six trainers that are working for myself and um, and then, yeah, adding on these other services as well. So do you have those other services? You mentioned quite a list of services there. Are they all up and running and operational at the moment? They're not all They're not all up and running. A couple of them are up in the pipeline. So we do nutrition coaching. Mm-hmm. So we use a nutritionist uh, who's also a Christian. And so he does Skype consultations with our, with our clients. So he's on the other side of Melbourne. So he's in... He's in Gippsland, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Oscar Sandy is. So he does our he does our nutrition coaching sessions uh, for our clientele, mm-hmm. and but uh, we are in the process of yeah looking to set up other things like um, possibly having a, a herbalist or an naturopath, um, and then looking at some, some counselling as well. Mm-hmm. So can you maybe detail for me a little bit like the nitty gritty? So compare for me like if I went to, uh, I guess, you know, a regular worldly gym versus if yep. I walked into your gym, what are the things that I would notice that were distinctly different? Okay. Well, I suppose one of the noticeable things, and this is what we get from a lot of our clients, is that they they say it's a, it's a lot friendlier atmosphere. And that's, and that's because of the people that we hire. So, um, you know, having... Having Christian, having Christian staff that are working in there, and they understand what your what your mission is and what you're trying to achieve. Um, you know, they they see that it's a lot of a friendlier environment. They see that it's something different. Um, we even post we, we have we have a set of posters up in our gym, um, which uh, you'll see that it's all about New Start. So we stand for nutrition, exercise, water, sunshine, temperance, air, rest, and trust. And uh, so they'll see that point of difference there. That the T's are trusting God. So they'll see that um, that yeah, this is a this is a place that has that has meaning, and um, they they stand for something. Just quite holistic. And, uh, yeah, that's right. I said it's holistic. And I suppose I'll see the music's a lot different to what they would play in uh, in other gyms as well. So 
And they, yeah, obviously, like you said, they do see that it's more of a holistic approach. So it's not just about weight loss and it's not just about getting fit or, you know, or trying to train for a certain event. Um, we're really passionate about wanting people to, to achieve the most out of their life in terms of, uh, you know, having optimal health uh, and, you know, spiritual health, emotional health as well. Do you often get the opportunity to actually, um, I guess, work with people with their, with their spirituality? Because I'm just sort of thinking, yeah. you know, you obviously you go to a gym, you know, if I'm heading to a gym, it's like, yeah, physical physical health. I'm not really thinking of emotional and spiritual health, but, you know, they all three of those are a part of, you know, what it means to be a human being. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you're, you know, obviously you're aiming to offer counselling there at some stage, but um, I imagine if you guys are all Christians, then you can minister to people on a spiritual level. Is that yep. something that actually happens? Okay, we'll see what... <clears throat> So what we're really doing is so we kind of use the gym to really create the relationships and to, and to help people with their, with their needs. And then we would invite them to other things. So like we run, uh, we run small group programs. So, and that's where we, we do teach people about, about the Bible and, um, you know, and ways of living that way. So we can basically use the, use the gym and that as a bit of a bridge to be able to invite them along to, the programs and other things like that where they'll be able to learn more about the spiritual side of things. So does that take and place at the gym or somewhere else? No, so that would basically run them from people's houses. Sure. Yeah. So the gym yeah. creates like a, almost like a safe setting where you can meet people like in a regular fashion because obviously you're not going to meet new people at people's homes. Like, you know, your friends, you know, you don't go to your friend's house and meet someone new and then invite them to your friend's house. You meet them at the gym exactly. and then invite them to your friend's house. So, yeah, it is, it is, it's an interesting way of putting it, like it's creating a bridge. That's right, yeah. And then we try and create, you know, social events and everything so that people can get to know each other as well and create that, create that community atmosphere. And, and that's like I said, that's when we invite them to, to more other spiritual programs and other health or emotion, yeah, other programs as well to be able to teach them the other elements of, of achieving optimal health in their life. And has this yeah. been, you know, a successful model there in Geelong? Is it something that's working? You know, tell us a little bit about how, I guess, you know, maybe your story, success story has popped out of this. Sure, yep. So, <clears throat> yeah, we, it's, we, find, we find that it's, that it's working. Um, obviously, there's always room for improvement, and I suppose the challenge for us has been starting off as a business that uh, that wasn't that wasn't totally around as you know, as, as a ministry, and moving into more of a ministry um, becomes a bit of a becomes a bit of a challenge in that way. But if you were to I suppose start off from a ministry from the beginning, you could set some specific boundaries and hire particular people that will be able to um, you know have have the mm. same you know, alliance and same core values and everything but a mission heart mm-hmm. that's right yeah and we're definitely going in that we're definitely going in that direction and we have some yeah some greater plans moving forward to to really you know turn that into a you know, into more of a full-blown ministry so if you, I mean, hey, let's say that um, some of our listeners out there they run businesses themselves what advice would you give them as far as looking at their business and saying, hey, what can I do as far as making this into a ministry as well as a business? Um, well, I suppose if we're, I mean, if we're looking at, if we're wanting to be a ministry, then we need to use Jesus, I suppose, as the, as the example. And, you know, and what he did was he ministered to people's needs. So, you know, if we are running our, if we are running our businesses, then, you know, we need to look at ways of how can we actually minister to people. So find out more about those people, build those relationships with them. 
and you know, and that be a bridge to teaching them more about about spiritual things. Mm. Do you find that um, as Christians we tend to, I guess, be too shy to share Jesus with our customers, typically? So can you repeat that again? It's where I am as a screaming child. Back. Yeah, we can. We can hear there's some. Uh, there's, there's, there's plenty of life there in the Laposa family, um, and uh, yeah. But, but I'm just thinking. You know, as Christians, do you find that um, that we tend to be too shy about sharing Jesus in the business environment? I think so. Yeah, I think people have um, yeah probably been probably being conditioned or they, they kind of separate the two they separate their mm. they separate their business life with their spiritual life but I'm a big believer that you know our, you know, that our spiritual life is you know, seven days a week it's not just on yeah, it's not just one day a week yeah so separate is definitely the word like day, yeah yeah everyday evangelism I think is, is the key yeah, Did, people often think, you know, it's two different things. Like one's my business, one's my work, and then one's my spirituality and my church life. And I don't think I think we've forgotten that really business and, and industry and, um, you know, all those, the, the work life is something that we set up in order to reach people. That's supposed to be like a, an avenue for us. Now, Tim, tell exactly. us uh, quickly, what is the name of your gym, actually? I've, I've totally forgotten to ask. Okay. So the name's called Fit for Living. That's the name we came up with 10 years ago, and yeah. I really like it. <laughs> so if you're in the Geelong area, and of course uh, we're live there in the Geelong area, and yeah. you want to get fit and you want to do so in a Christian environment and you want to um, grow not just physically but spiritually and mentally as well, then this would be the place to go to. So, uh, Where do people find it, Tim? How do they find it? Well, we've got a, we've got a website, we've got a Facebook page as well, so fitforliving.com.au is our website uh, and then we've also got a Facebook page as well yeah now I, do you know what I have to admit I have to confess I have been playing a little bit dumb because last year I actually had the pleasure of visiting Fit for Living gym down in Geelong you did I, you know, do you know what and I'm not, I'm not even going to lie when you walk into that gym, you can absolutely tell the difference between that gym and every other gym that you've been to. And it is refreshing and uplifting. And certainly I noticed the music um, was just oh, so much more encouraging and just positive. motivating. Yeah, it was really positive. And I, I really appreciate being there. And I, I wish I lived in Geelong because I would definitely have subscribed. Well, there you go. For all of our listeners in Geelong, you've uh, <laughs> you've certainly had the plug of the day there, yeah. Tim. <laughs> there we go. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope... Anyone who is in Geelong will definitely stick in uh, a bit of effort to go down and see Fit for Living and get some uh, personal training tips from Tim. And uh, Tim, thank you so much for, for calling in today. We look forward to having you and your wife on later and talking about some of your other ministries because you have fingers in other pies and we would definitely want to hear more about those. So thank you very much. Right. You're no listening to Faith FM. Having ah, you're welcome. Yeah, you're listening to Faith FM. We're going to be coming back right after this with more programming. Stay tuned. We'll be back just after this. I have lost my appetite And the flood is welling up behind my eyes So I eat the tears I cry And if that were not enough They know just the words to cut and tear and prod when they ask me, where's your God? Why are you downcast, oh my soul? 
Why so disturbed within me? I can remember when you showed your face to me As a deer pants for water So my soul thirsts for you And when I behold your glory You so faithfully renew Like a bed of rest For my fainting flesh I am satisfied in you so disturbed within me I can remember when you showed your grace to me as a deer pants for water so my soul thirsts for you and when I survey your splendor you so
satisfied in you I am satisfied in You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.